podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on a crimson elephant toy, what a beautiful noise. Hang your stockings and fill them with sugar, here comes Bosco's Boys. Ike Tot chocolate is poured. All of the signatures are in. And hey, K-State men's basketball is 11 and 1 as well. Boys and girls, it is time for another live show. My favorite time of the week. Going live Wednesday at 7 p.m. Just like a good podcast should. Uh, I, I actually, I, I just saw someone tweet at the show live where it's always live on Spotify live. Always live on Spotify live. We don't do YouTube. We don't do anything like that. We will. We, we're going to tease a little future sponsor. We will have uh, a new live platform. It will not take the place of our live shows, but it will be in addition. So we will have some more live opportunities in the future. So stay tuned uh, for when the calendar flips to 2023 for that one. Before we get started, as we wait for folks to trickle in, as always, this show is sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. They got the Thick Boy Stout in honor of all those thick boys on K-State's offensive line. They got the Snickerdoodle. Uh, beer that's going to be on nitro, all sorts of great beers, all sorts of seasonally relevant beers. We have all the classics as well, including the Tang Time Sour. If you want to celebrate the great job Coach Tang has got, shout out to Coach Tang, got his first technical uh, of his K State career today as well. So check them out. Also, check out Charlie Hustle. They've been rocking with us since the summer. I love them. You guys should love them too. I'm always rocking one of my K-State crewneck sweatshirts from them. I actually have, I think, close to 10 crewneck sweatshirts from Charlie Hustle. I counted them all up the other day. Not just K-State stuff. Arrowhead Collection, Crown Town Collection, Kansas City Landmarks, Kansas City Hearts, all of that good stuff. Check out Charlie Hustle today. I'll set the table, and then I will uh, turn it over to the Boneheads, and I will just moderate your guys' thoughts on this great signing day. K-State with a top 30 class, if you look over at 247 and Rivals. These are, at least on the recruiting sites, the best recruiting classes we have had since back in the Ron Prince days. Um, So absolutely big time when you're looking at Uh, just the numbers. Um, If you want to look at it uh, at the local level, grabbing six of the highest 
ranked uh, Kansas kids we've had in a long time. It's the first time since I believe 2004, 2003, 2004, where we are grabbing the number one player in the state of Kansas. Um, I think last year, Devin Neal, or a couple years ago, Devin Neal went to KU. Um, So this is only the second time in the last, I believe, 20 years uh, that a top player has stayed in state. Uh, Six of the top 12. This is the highest ranked group of Kansas kids, uh, basically in the history of recruiting rankings. Massive uh, for all the Ad Astra All-Stars. In a final week where we saw so many flips going against, uh, you know, the teams holding on to recruits, we saw zero flips in the last you know, home stretch. Uh, Avery Johnson, of course, the uh, crown jewel of the class, stays home, uh, picking Casey over tons of blue bloods. Jordan Allen had Oklahoma trying hard. If you go to the junior college area, you have Will Lee, who says thanks but no thanks to Alabama. You have Kirksey, who is a top 20 JUCO prospect and the number one JUCO linebacker in the class. All sorts of great players. You got some diamonds in the roughs rough as well. I'm pumped about it. I'll be talking to Drew Galloway of K-State Online tomorrow. So when you guys are listening to this on Thursday, on Friday morning, you'll hear my conversation with Drew. But let's just get into it. I've talked enough. I'll talk more in the future. Let's hear your guys' takes on it. Let's start with Aaron. Aaron, signing day has come. Signing day has passed. Your K-State Wildcats have a top 30 class, just macro-wise, just give me any and all thoughts on this recruiting class. No, it's it's big time, Scott. I mean, you touched on a lot of the uh, the dominoes that started to fall, you know, really throughout the day over the last 24, 48 hours. I think we all kind of, you know, saw it coming or maybe cautiously optimistic, but to see it come together, again, not just commitments, national letters of intent, right? That's a committable offer that's signing on the dotted line, that is is big time for this coaching staff, you know, really to build on the momentum from the Big 12 championship. The state of Kansas this year, again, I don't want to say it's an anomaly. Hopefully we can elevate the talent in state, but to really capitalize on the talent that's right in our backyard is, is awesome. And again, the transfers and the JUCO uh, prospects we were able to add to this class really just supplement, you know, the kids from the state of Kansas. So, it's big time. I mean, again, we talk about it a lot that at the end of the day, stars don't matter, right? It's what you do when you get on campus. I think this coaching staff has done a really good job of not sacrificing the the type of person and the type of background that they're going after. But again, the on-field performance is there as well. So really excited. A great recruiting class from top to bottom. Yeah, and, and I say all that, I, I even forgot some of these late wins, not only with the junior college guys, but, uh, you know, just this week we get Ace Newsom, linebacker out of Iowa, massive recruiting win over a lot of the regional schools. He also flirted with Stanford as well, had committable offers from coast to coast, but it was really the uh, Big Ten regional schools that we kicked their ass for that one. And then Trey Spivey taking him away from the Arizona schools. He's a top 10 Arizona kid in a very talented class out in the Copper State as well. That was a recruiting win that happened right the home stretch as well. You got a little bit of everything that you could have wanted from this recruiting class. Let's now go to the good chef, Andre Napier. What's going on, guys? It's been a while since I've been in here. It has, but hey, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Glad to have you. Merry Christmas, Scotty. 
All right. So the class is just legendary. You know, top 30 class. I think we all kind of penciled this in for being the best class that we've had in a long while. But, I mean, this exceeded all expectations, especially when you're thinking about July area when Avery committed. You had some ideas of who you thought could be in this class, but it never panned out that way. But big names still found their way onto the onto the the board, you know, and we just we got these guys to the finish line. Like you were saying, you I mean you rattled off basically every name on the list and and we fended off I mean high major blue blood programs, but one name that nobody ever mentions, and he's gonna be my guy because you know he's gonna be unheralded. But Jack Fabris, uh, you know, he's probably the closest person to the program, maybe outside of uh, BB because his brother actually plays. But his dad used to coach at K-State. He, he knows K-State's program. And he's going to be one of those unheralded guys that kind of is a special teamer and probably is probably going to play the earliest of almost anybody in this class, maybe outside of Jackson if we don't sign a, a running back to uh, fill in for Deuce, but I, I got him penciled in as a day one special teamer off the rip. There you go. Let's go to my buddy, Joel. Joel, what do you make of this top 30 recruiting class? Yeah, uh, this class is freaking insane. I'm in love with every single dude on this class. Um, it's been super fun watching us pick dudes up. I mean, Asa's a freak in nature. I don't think I've seen an athlete like that in a long time. Um, Avery, incredible. Um, we, we got dudes and we're set up for long-term success, which is really great. Um, and yeah, like, like Aaron said, high quality guys and high quality players. And that speaks a lot to our coaches and being able to go out and find these guys and really attack them and get them. All right, let's go to the man who will officially be many of these guys, official student ambassador to the world. Ethan, the rodeo cat, the ambassador. Ethan, what do you make of all of your future uh, schoolmates? Oh, the, these kids are amazing. It truly is the best time of the year. We just we just won the trophy. We got some absolute dogs, some studs in the class. Um, looking at it right now, we got who we wanted, and that's that's the most important thing. We didn't take who we didn't want, and we walked away with with some absolute just animals on on this on both sides of the ball you know Avery's the headliner but then the defense absolutely is just you know we held we held, we held off a guy who wanted who had an, who had an Alabama offer so that just is it's it's befuddling but it's also the best it is a great timeline i also want to throw this out there uh Metzger the tight end from Colorado uh originally committed to Colorado uh, Dion Sanders and Co. Uh, if you if you want to believe the reporting, which I do, uh, re-offered him, wanted him to stick around. He said, "Nah." Matt Rule shows up to Nebraska. He's like, "Come be uh, Nebraska." He's like, "Nah." So again, uh, another just absolute uh, amazing recruiting win. Uh, let's get next to we'll go Zach and then Jeff before I start asking a little bit more uh, narrowed questions. But Zach, just macro level. Thoughts on your uh, top top thirty uh, recruiting class at? <clears throat> um, by the way, can you hear me? 
Yep, I got you. I, I hear you better than I usually do. So whatever you're doing's working. I think there was an update. Um, so thoughts on the, the, the recruiting class? Um, I can't really add a whole lot. Um, it's pretty exciting. I, I mean, is this the best recruiting class we've ever had? Maybe not. But didn't a lot of the guys we used to recruit in the early 2000s kind of flake out, not even make it to Correct, class? correct. So, I mean, basically it will be, because I'm assuming a lot of these guys will make it to camp, most of them, if not all. Um, just, it can't be understated how exciting it is to win guys like Asa Newsom and Trace Spivey so late. I mean, I try to keep up with football recruiting. Um, I mean, I obviously do, but like, I don't read every article, every post on the board. So that was kind of like a surprise to me. And it was a pretty big surprise. So I'm really, really excited. And I, I don't think I've been this excited for a new season to start maybe ever. Yeah, and, and it's fun because, uh, you know, not only are we excited for, you know, spring ball for some of these kids to start getting on the field, but we still got the bowl game in front of us. Still have what will be a very fun basketball season. I, I think this has to be ranking up there in some of the most fun times to be a K-State Wildcat fan. We'll uh, finish off the kind of open-ended uh, question with Jeff with, you know, just tell me your thoughts uh, macro level on this uh, recruiting class. Top 30 for the first time since, I believe, 2008. Uh, lots of studs, lots of uh, blue blood pelts on the wall. Uh, just walk me through your thoughts. Um, really solid class. Happy, happy with it. I don't follow recruiting a lot or in depth by design because I don't want to get my life wrapped up on the decisions of of seventeen and eighteen year old kids. That's a, but, that's a very healthy thing. Uh, yeah, but sometimes it's fun. Like, to- yeah, I mean it's fun, and I'm I did allow myself to get kind of wrapped into the. I like I want to get the good. I mean, when when Kansas state of Kansas has high-end talent i want to get those kids so i got sucked in with that and we didn't get all of them but that's okay no one gets everybody not even ohio state not even alabama gets everyone they want so it's all right i'm super pumped for avery johnson um and just really excited just happy it's panned out and i really like that we have an early signing period Uh, i just i don't know why i feel like it benefits us, but I, I do. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just glad that that's the way it is now, and and I, th- I think it helps. For sure. All right, let's start with that guy, Avery Johnson. Um, this is one that we have talked about, uh, and again, this is not a recruiting show, uh, Bosco's Boys. There are you know other podcasts that I think do a better job talking about recruiting, but Avery Johnson is a guy that we've talked about for the better part of a year because of the pedigree. He is a top, you know, 100 type kid. Uh, He's rated as the number one dual threat quarterback on rivals, number one player in the state of Kansas. We beat some major programs for him. And it seems like not only is a great kid, but seems like he is going to be the real deal at quarterback. And quarterback's the most important position in sports, in my opinion. So let's go to Chef. Chef, specifically Avery Johnson, not that any of us were worried 
um, because I wasn't. But pen on paper, pen on paper, um, even, you know, Oregon, you know, they they lost their uh, guy. They went fishing in Big 12 waters. They took away a Big 12 quarterback. It wasn't Avery. Um, But just what are your thoughts on him, and what are your hopes uh, for Avery Johnson as a Wildcat? Well, I mean, he is the future of our program. I mean, he is he's definitely got the raw talent and I mean the speed, the athleticism. He's got a cannon arm, as we saw from the Elite Eleven and all these all stars that he's gonna he still has more all star games that he's gotta prove himself down in Florida. <clears throat> and you know, what I'm kind of excited about is just our plan. Like cause like I mean, most can see that he still has some weight that he needs to put on because he's he's thinner and more mobile. But you know, if we're gonna if he's gonna run in Big Twelve play, he's gonna need to put some weight on. And how quickly he can do that, I don't know. But you know, this bowl game excites me because we're gonna. I would imagine that we're gonna have Will Howard running the show, but we're gonna have packages for Adrian, and he is more of that model that. Avery kind of resembles maybe with Avery with a better arm, but we can maybe see that his true freshman year possibly being able to for four games or however they want to use them um, in packages. And that would, that excites me for this sugar bowl to see how they use uh, a a two quarterback system. Not that we'll, he's going to be extensively used, but just see what we could do with the mobile quarterback and Avery's skill set. For sure, let's go to Joel next. Joel, I mean, you've been you're a live show regular. You might have one of the highest participation rates. You've read the uh, roller coaster of this recruitment the entire way. Uh, just what are your thoughts on Avery? What are your hopes and dream, dreams for him? Yeah, I mean, I remember back when Avery was a freshman and he got a KU offer, and I tweeted at him like, "Oh, you don't really want to go there." So I've been riding this Avery train for a while, um, like you said. He's 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 a guy, you know, like the leadership qualities are there. He's everything that you want in your starting quarterback at a high level college. He's um, just a good guy for one. Um, His speed. I was watching some of his highlights again last night. I'm a nerd. I I do that all the time. Um, His top end speed is crazy. And he's just kind of floating around. His arm is live. And it's I mean, no offense to Avery if he's listening, I doubt it, but he's got to put some like muscle on those arms. And I mean, he's already got a cannon, um, but he's accurate too. So uh, yeah, we're, we're set up super well at quarterback. Uh, Sounds like he will. I mean, it's not sounded like he will be an early enrollee. So he'll be able to start the body by true uh, in early January. Uh, let's go next to Ethan. Uh, Ethan, thoughts on Avery Johnson? I don't know if anyone uh, on here has been able to watch the Army All-American game, but he had a highlight uh, rushing touchdown, so this kid can do it all. What are your hopes and dreams for Avery Johnson as well? Oh, when it comes to when it comes to Avery Johnson wearing that purple, you know the ceiling is the ceiling is the floor with him, and uh, when you when you watch Avery and his commitment process, we have to. Um, everyone's talked about the weight, so I'm not going to talk about that. But just when you see um, that final five that were really going after him, uh, Oregon had their quarterback decommit. 
Um, Nebraska, or not Nebraska, Notre Dame never really got their guy um, until at the end of the process. Washington had their guy drop out, and um, and like Ole Miss and Arkansas didn't really get their guys um, that they wanted either. So, so we really won the sweepstakes of everything, and then their the other schools' backup plans didn't really. But that's not really Avery. So Avery is just he's he's amazing. He has that live arm. And uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be amazing. So the ceiling is is yeah. And, and credit to uh, Colin Klein especially because he's been the guy who's been on Avery from the start. Um, that picture of you know Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman showing up in in the living room with the Big Twelve Championship trophy. Uh, you know, put put a lot of warmth into my cold heart uh i absolutely loved it we'll go to aaron next aaron any thoughts specifically on avery john yeah lots of good comments so far i think the uh, the comment about colin klein is spot on i mean let's just be honest there's there's probably not avery johnson without colin klein as offensive coordinator so i think that's big time the biggest thing i want to highlight about avery johnson again the on-field highlights are great it's his leadership and his personality off the field that i think will really elevate him you know, from the rest of our team and really the program. Again, the stories from the Elite 11 program that we've heard about. So I really think his leadership and personality on and off the field, again, you can just sense it, whether he does interviews on social media or other platforms, he's got a big personality. And again, he's he's a senior in high school, right? I mean, there's, there's so much more to come for this guy. Again, his leadership and personality, I think are going to be something, be really fun to watch how he develops for the next few years. Zach, we'll go to you. Uh, Avery Johnson, he's a Kansas kid. He has this high pedigree. What does it mean not only him being the quarterback, not only beating out all those schools, but kind of showing, hey, you can be this borderline five-star at this point. You know, at, at 247 Rivals, he literally is a stone's throw away from being a five-star um, and, and show like, hey, it can be cool. It can be sexy. It can be, you know, swaggerlicious, whatever the kids like to say, uh, to be a Kansas kid and come to K-State. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory. Um, I don't really read that closely into it. But I, I feel pretty confident in saying if he was committed to Notre Dame, something like that, he would be a five-star by now. I don't think that's a conspiracy. I think that's 100% correct. Okay, so you agree with me on that. Um, I, you know, I've watched some of his, of course, who hasn't watched his tape? But, you know, kind of going back to Will Howard's recruitment, I remember being really excited about him. And, of course, I was super critical of him, but who wasn't? But I remember seeing his highlights in, in high school. And, I, you know, I, people thought it was crazy to compare him with DJ Uyangalele at Clemson, and I remember thinking, he looks better than him. Well, I mean, I, you should bring up those tweets because Will Howard 100% is better than Exactly. That's kind of what I was getting to. So, like, um, I watched him compared to, like, uh, Avery Johnson compared to, say, like, call me crazy, but, like, Arch Manning, and I'm like, I, I take Avery. I think he might be one of the top three quarterbacks in this class. He is so talented. Um, I mean, it can't be understated how big of a recruiting win it is for K-State. Again, you know, I, I don't like agreeing with you because I like to I like to fight with you. I like to give you shit on Twitter. Um, I don't think you're wrong. Here, here, here's the thing. Uh, 
if Arch Manning doesn't have his last name, if he doesn't have his lineage, he, that's not a five-star star quarterback. He does not have the physical or athletic traits that Avery Johnson does. So I think, once again, uh, you might, you know, three years from now, I think you're going to be able to puff your chest out and be right about that one as well. We'll go to uh, Jeff next. Jeff, specifically Avery Johnson, um, you know, we, we've laid it out, everything it means. It's, it's the position, it's the pedigree, it's the recruiting wins. Um, when you sit, step back and see, wow, okay, we got that. Do you think this is just a, you know, a page turner, basically an announcement to everyone saying, hey, look, it doesn't matter if it's a borderline five-star at the most important position. If it's a kid in our backyard, we're more than capable of winning that recruitment. Yeah, I agree. It's it's huge. I mean, I still remember when I actually get, you know, I mean, it's pretty rare to have a player of this caliber come out of Kansas. And when it did happen, it didn't seem like they were staying in state very often. So this is a huge get. And I, I think it's, I don't know, it just feels like, you know, Clement got his guy and this is his guy and he's he's going to ride or die with him. And this is, this is going to be fun. I got to see uh, the Mays Derby game was on television and I got to watch the end of it with the comeback. And I was just thinking, man, this is going to be great. This is going to be fun. He's just so electric. And that, that comeback was amazing. That was, a, that was a great game. And I hope, I hope we get to see that uh, the next uh, four years at K-State. It's going to be, it's going to be a great ride. I think, and, and someone can look it up uh, and tell me if I'm wrong or not. I think that if Avery sticks around long enough, I think we'll get a game uh, versus uh, Colorado. So, I mean, who knows? Uh, if Dylan sticks it out at, at Colorado, maybe we'll get a repeat of some of those maze and Derby classics, but in uh, the college realm. So we'll see what happens there. We got good old Mike Smith. Mike, coming uh, on this joyous occasion. Mike, first off, it was great seeing you at the T-Mobile Center. Uh, but it's not National Signing Day. We're specifically talking about Avery. We'll open it up to uh, any any recruit anyone wants to talk about here in a second. But what does it mean to get a guy at the caliber of Avery Johnson, who's an in-state kid, and then playing the most important position in sport? Yeah, no, it was good seeing you, man. Um, and I also uh, just got your card, so I appreciate that. Um, I'm hoping hoping you're uh, able to have a good holiday, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is extremely huge. And I think um, in a critical time right now as well, you know, I think a lot of people have talked about, you know, OU and Texas possibly leaving, maybe making K-State a, a pr- the premier team in the big 12. And I think that's perfect timing for Avery Johnson to come in and, and take over this team, um, you know, with Colin Klein and watching him develop. And then, you know, even kind of like what you said, if, if Colorado comes in, I mean, I think that would be, an awesome rivalry, but yeah, Avery, uh, I, I think is kind of like almost like uh, the second coming of kind of like an L Roberson, you know, extremely mobile, but um, can throw those, throw those deep balls. And um, you know, one thing too, is I ran into him at the big 12 championship and my dad and I were talking to him and just kind of said, Hey, you know, keep recruiting for K state. And I don't think his recruiting for K state is done. You know, he's, he's gone out there and try to go get everybody that he can um, to get, you know, get to K-State, but I think once he gets out on the field and, you know, elevates this team, you know, he's going to continue to recruit for the team. That's a good point, and it's something that uh, a lot of folks during his recruitment started getting a little nervous when some of these teams tried to get back involved. Georgia sent coaches into 
uh, Kansas to watch him to kind of talk to him, gauge his interest. Florida State was trying like like harder than anything to try to get him to show up on campus for a visit. This is a guy who was going to Wichita Catbacker events for away games. This is a guy who whose family spent their own money, paid their own way to get down there for the Big 12 championship game. Uh, he, he was emo through and through, and I just love to see it. But we, we, there's so many great guys in this class. Um, somewhat, I think we had a chef already kind of declare it, but now's the time to kind of declare who you know your guy is with this class. Everyone loves Avery Johnson. No one can claim him as their guy. Uh, but there's tons of studs and studs to be in this class. I've been banging the drum for Will Ancio the entire time. The you know two-headed monster uh, with Mertzger uh, in, in this class at tight end, uh, absolutely immense, gargantuan. You might even say. Uh, so you know I, I, I'm hitching my wagon to Will Ancio. I think he's going to be a big-time player for years to come. We'll go to Chef. Chef, I mean, I think you already declared your guy. Uh, you can either go to bat for him, or because I like you a lot, you can even try to uh, get a second guy as well. You know, I'll sneak a second guy in there just because, you know, he's he's going to be – I don't think – I hate to do this, like, because I'm not a coach or anything like that. I'm not a scout. But I don't think he'll ever really be, like, a, a rotational player, but he'll be a special team ace. But my my guy, my guy for this class, it's got to be Romaine. You know, he's just got that – he's got the name – He's got the length Missouri local kid. He's gonna he's gonna do some things. I think he'll fit. I mean, all our linebackers. When did we just start recruiting six four linebackers? All of them. Every single one the of them. The last two all, classes have been amazing at linebacker. They're so fucking big. Like if they ever get these guys to fill out, I know Crew Jackson kind of just like that experiment fell apart and he's out the door, but you know, these guys, if they get these guys on that true, like you said, the tr- the uh, body by true plan, if these guys fill out, dude, we're going to have monster linebackers, 6'4", six, 6'3", six, all of them, every single one of them. That's my guy, Romain. I love it. And he, he set some single season records in Missouri for tackles, by the way. The kid is a, kid's an athlete. Uh, we'll go to Joel next. Joel. Who's going to be your guy? Yeah, I'm going to stay at linebacker, and I'm going to go with, with that Asa mood Newsom. music in the background. I love it. Yeah, sorry. We're no, TV. you do not apologize um, for that. You do not apologize for that. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to go with Asa Newsom. Like like Chef was saying, I mean, 6'4", runs like a deer, just smokes people left and right. Basketball, track star, like, I don't know where they build these guys in the lab, but yeah, six four across a linebacking room is absolutely crazy. Can't forget about Toby O as well. We're gonna be set up. I hear you. Let's go to Mike Smith next. Mike, who is your guy in this recruiting class? I'm gonna go with Jordan Allen um, from Olathe South. I'm really excited. Another six four kid, and I think just kind of like what Chef was saying, body by true. Like, I just can't wait to see what kind of weight he's gonna put on and. I think he can possibly be just like another Felix. Yeah, not only does Jordan Allen just kind of tell Brent Venables thanks for playing, but no thanks. Uh, He was being recruited by Oklahoma and some of these other schools as a tight end as well. So this guy, not only do I agree with you, I think he's going to be the next great defensive end at K-State. 
but he was so good. You had Blue Bloods trying to get him to play tight end as well. So that's a, an amazing pick. Let's go to the ambassador next. Ethan, who, I mean, technically you, you represent all these guys once they show up on campus, but if, if you have just one guy, who are you rolling with? All right. Well, and it, like hearing that, hearing a, a defensive end that people are trying to get to play lot, tight end kind of sounds like the inverse of somebody else from the state of Kansas. Not going to name names. But uh, my <laughs> guy, yeah, I'm surprised I, that, I know what you're doing, Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that he's being left for me, but I have to go with the OG, Camden Beebe. Like the legacy guy has the swag. If you, Like his sauce bottle was probably the sauciest bottle of all the bottles and um you know he 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 was the ace recruiter of this class the well the initial recruiter and um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with it that's a great one so camden was nominated uh for i i can't i can't remember the name of the award but he was nominated for the top player in the kansas city metro um anyone who scouts ball and i think even his dad would say this Camden is coming into K-State at a higher level of a football player than Cooper Beebe, the All-American. The All-American Cooper Beebe. And he has a lot of that swagger. He has a lot of stuff where Cooper is very reserved. So if Cooper sticks around, and it sounds like he's going to, and if his brother can take a little bit of coaching from his older brother, from Connor Riley, from Hayden Wall, some of these guys, I mean, look out. Because that's a guy who is going to be mauling people, probably picking up a couple unsportsmanlike penalties throughout the years. Uh, but but I like that. I like that in a player. We'll go to Aaron next. Aaron, who is your guy in this? Yeah, I'm going to stay on the uh, offensive line. Go down to the Sunshine State, Mr. Devin Vass. You know, speaking of size, coming in at six five, two seventy. Love the the hair, the flowing locks from Mr. Devin Vass. Things to be a big time player. Um, again, the Sunshine State has been good to us over the years. I'm going to go with Devin Vass. Another one who had SEC suitors coming after him hard all the way up until uh, signing day. But guess what? I think it was him or Joe Jackson uh, who were the first two guys to get their signatures in. So he's again saying thanks, but no thanks to the SEC. We'll go to Zach next. Zach, who is going to be your guy? Yeah, so kind of to shake things up a bit, um, I'm going to go with a name I don't think people would probably go to. Uh, I'm going to go with Andre Davis. And the reason is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I probably am, he kind of reminds me, at least in his body type, of Shabashton Taylor. Now you might be thinking, Shabashton Taylor, that's not necessarily the kind of wide receiver we want him to end up being necessarily, but... Um, some inside information, people I know who are really, I was really good friends with swear that Sebastian Taylor was insanely talented, but had severe confidence issues. And I think you kind of saw that. So I think he has the similar body type. I think he can be a really good player for us. Um, I like the six, four frame. So give me Andre. Dick. That's a great one. Uh, first off, I think you're correct about Sebastian. He did struggle with some confidence. He also struggled, uh, you know, he had a couple uh, injuries that really took away his explosive ability. But Andre Davis is a guy who committed early. And I think people forget about him because his recruiting stayed local. You beat the, you know, local Power Fives, KU, Iowa State, Nebraska, Missouri, et cetera, et cetera. 
But this is a kid who's on, who stayed at the razor's edge of a four-star on Rivals uh, his entire time. He's been one of those five, seven, three stars and very close to kind of teetering into that blue chip range. So I think that is a good one. And I got to give a shout out to all the wide receivers in this class. You also have Jace Brown. You have, have Wesley. You have uh, Trey Spivey. Uh, they got Avery Johnson, a lot of pass catchers in this class. We'll end this one with uh, Jeff. Jeff, who is going to be your guy for this class? I am going to go with Joe Jackson. Um, I know we were all disappointed that we didn't get Dylan Edwards, but we should not fall asleep on Joe Jackson because, I mean, I just saw a couple quotes from the press conference this evening and Clement seems very excited about him. and. I believe, I mean, of all the running backs that Kleiman has brought in, they've all been really good. I mean, that first year when we didn't have any running backs, he gets two to transfer in, and they were more than serviceable, very good. And, you know, then he gets Deuce Vaughn, and we have DJ Giddens right now. I mean, he seems to have a real knack for that position. So I think I think the sky's the limit for Joe Jackson, and, and we should not fall asleep on him and – I'm very excited uh, to see how he develops and progresses. Yeah, if you listen to that press conference that Chris Kleiman had, that is the guy he zeroed in on uh, when talking about uh, being an instant impact type guy. So I love that. I love I love that one as well. Um, and, yeah, I, I think a lot of good hashtag guys. I can't wait to uh, start hearing how some of these – these dudes hit the ground running uh, here in January when they show up as well. Um, we'll do one final basketball question. Uh, we'll, we'll do a little basketball talk. We'll do one final football question, then some basketball talk, and then uh, we'll get out of here tonight. But uh, as we're looking at the roster, again, it's incomplete because I would imagine post-Sugar Bowl, I think there will be a handful of guys who decide to – uh, transfer out. I think we're still going to be hearing about uh, some guys who may or may not be staying. Um, I, again, I, I, th- I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Deuce Vaughn. That's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride. A lot of folks that I know are probably planning on him moving on, but we'll have to wait till after the Sugar Bowl to find that out. So I'll just ask all of you, what is your now number one priority in the transfer portal? We'll start with uh, Mike Smith. Mike, what's your number one priority in the portal? Um, I think we still need to kind of build on on receiver. Um, you know, obviously, I don't know what you know Philip Brooks and, and Malik will do, um, but I think the receiver is definitely a need. I think we got some young guys with with RJ, and I'm I'm excited to see Sterling get out there too. But definitely would like to you know go out and get another receiver. You know, maybe a maybe a veteran, obviously from from the transfer portal. But um, yeah, I think receiver for me. Yeah, because right now it's it's going to be R.J. Garcia and Keegan Johnson next year. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're looking at some of these young guys. So I think that's a good one. We'll go with uh, the good chef, Andre Napier. Chef, who is – what's your number one priority in the portal? I think you have to get a veteran, well-experienced guy that plays nose guard. I mean, it, it's one of those positions where it's so valuable – to get a guy that that has playing experience, I mean, 
the injury to Uso I thought was way more severe than it was. It sounds like he might even play in he, the Sugar Bowl, which is kind of It crazy. sounds like Echo Boydo is the only guy who's questionable. Yeah, and I mean, if you even look at – but if you even watch Van Malone's Instagram or anything he posts, uh, the shoulder that is supposedly hurt, uh, Echo's eating with – Using that arm to eat at a uh, Ichabon or whatever they're eating at. Look at uh, you, sleuthing, man. Look yeah, you know I, I do. This is what I do. I do this, but um, it's got to be D tackle, the, the, the nose guard, one of those tall, athletic. Those guys, just like Eli Huggins and Timmy Horn. I, I really want to see a Timmy Horn kind of redo let him kind of eat that the guy from West Virginia is just screaming uh, instant impact and how sweet would it be to get the scraps from West Virginia to kind of wreak havoc and do that all over again. That would be awesome. But any, any D tackles kind of the linchpin of the defense that would complete it and, you know, set us back on that run it back date. I love it. We'll go to Joel next, and then Ethan. Joel, what's priority one for you in the portal? Yeah, I'm right in line with Chef. We we need a nose guard. We need we need somebody with experience right up the middle. It's so hard to find a guy, one with experience, and two coming out of high school as a nose guard that's ready to play. Like we're probably never going to get that guy. Those guys are going down south. So yeah, we we got to get one uh, out of the portal. A guy from West Virginia would be outstanding. I think we're in a pretty good position to get him. Um, I know a lot of people <clears throat> are a little down on uh, Asa's brother, but I, I mean, he hasn't played a lot, so I can't really say he looks great, but I think that'd be a fine option. Everybody knows Uso's my guy, so I, I mean, I'm fine with him, but we, we got to get some depth. Yeah, you got to have two. We played two, we rotate a lot, so you got to have two. We'll go Ethan and then Aaron. Yeah, I, I agree that we do need some space eaters, but to change it up, I'm going to go with safety. Just like looking at how much we've relied on transfer safeties. I like the Notre Dame or the North Dakota State guy, Siegel. I think he's going to be good, but um, I feel like we still have some areas to address in the secondary, and I think that our staff's putting in some good time. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, with the, with the record we're hitting at uh, with guys, uh, you know, transfer safeties, whether it be JUCO or in the portal, I mean, why not take a couple extras anyways? We'll go Aaron and then Zach. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, got to be D-tackle up front on the defensive line. I think that's a, a big opportunity for us next year. Um, secondarily to that would be a kind of a nickel secondary hybrid type player there. Uh, but I think D tackle, nose tackle, and that secondary uh, nickel spot would be big for us. We'll go to Zach. Yep, Zach. Yep, yep. Perfect. There you go. Um, yeah, so um, priority number one for me, you know, we need so many guys that can help. Um, I would probably just go with wide receiver, um, keep it simple, because um, you're correct, outside of Keegan Johnson and RJ Garcia, who would even be number three if we, because, I mean, you have to assume we're losing Malik Knowles. And yeah, Phillip so Rose. Malik and Phillip are, they're gone. Uh, I, I think Seth Porter's coming back, and, and, and I love the Porters, um, 
and I think Seth probably could. I, I think there's a reason why he's coming back, um, but we haven't seen it. So, uh, again, and, and we've only seen, what, one big-time grab from RJ Garcia anyways. Uh, so I'm right there with you, man. I, I totally Yeah, so I think um, there, there's probably no shortage of guys out there they can go get. So um, just maybe get another guy that can be an instant impact. Doesn't even have to be the one or two guy, maybe number three. Um, I think that's a big priority for me personally. Perfect. And then we'll uh, do Jeff, and then we'll, we'll we'll talk to Ema Elvis a little bit before we get to basketball. Yeah, piggybacking off of everyone else, I would have said receiver. Um, gotta get gotta get weapons for Will to throw to. Um, but if and I'm offensive guy, so if it's not receiver, then. You know, if Deuce if Deuce is not coming back, then I'd kind of like to have another running back. You know, because then you just have Giddens, and then you know you have Joe Jackson. But he's a freshman, and and maybe he's good to go right now. But I think you would have to have if he isn't, then you got to have somebody else in there because it can't just be DJ all game. So yeah, I'll say this about running back: um, Deuce has proven to be insanely durable. Uh, I, I don't think you see very many places uh, to have that sort of durability basically starting all, uh, you know, 26 games – or not 26, 36 games over a three-year uh, career. So while I, I have high hopes for DJ and I have, uh, you know, DJ and JJ, baby, uh, I have high hopes for both those guys. Chances are we're going to experience uh, some injuries at that spot at some point next season. So I, I do agree with you. I think running back has to be one of those uh, priorities as well. Let's get to Ema Elvis. Ema Elvis, I'll, I'll ask you this. Just kind of give you give us your macro thoughts about uh, the recruiting class. Uh, and then also if you want to declare one of these recruits outside of Avery Johnson as your guy, you can do it. And then also – uh, just tell us who, uh, what position we need to target in the portal as well. Okay. It was a very saucy day, wasn't it? It, it was. And, and uh, the, the 1012 Network Discord voted uh, K-State's, uh, you know, sauce graphics and videos as the uh, top one in the Big 12, by the way. That, that team that puts this stuff together is just awesome. Love it. Uh, Terry Kirksky, Kirksey is uh that's a pretty good one being the number one juco linebacker somebody we can certainly use in a in a area of our defense that's a little uh is lacking in depth so i really like that pick even though he's maybe not going to play right away but uh or he probably will as a juco guy um it just depends on who else is out there with him but that, I, th- I think that's a really good one outside of Avery Johnson. And I'm, you know, you always sweat it out when you, you know, you have a guy and then you just in today's market, you just think, okay, anybody can be bought. So uh, was really glad to see Avery on the list. Are we a top 25 recruiting class yet? We're on rivals and on 247, just inside the top 20. One of them has us at 28. The other at 29, I believe, on three has us at 33. Um, so I don't think we'll get into the top 25, but my friend, I'll take top 30 every year for the rest of my life. Me too. And, you know, we, we look at 
teams like A&M and Texas and being top five or even number one, and then they don't even qualify for a bowl. So it, it really didn't used to mean that much to me, but this coaching staff is picking up guys that fit the culture, that are going to work their butts off, uh, that are they aren't there for the glory or for the me. It's for the team, and I think that's going to make a huge difference. So when K-State gets a highly, recruit, a highly ranked recruiting class, I think that's important. I hear you. That's a good one. Uh, anything you'd like to see us pick up in the portal now that we are uh, probably done with high school recruiting? Yeah, I, I look at uh, somebody to replace Felix. Pretty sure he's going to go to the NFL, but he might surprise us. I don't know. Um, but I, I think we need somebody on on his end to be an edge rusher and uh, to not drop off uh, at that spot. Uh, and I think that defense can be pretty darn good next year. Uh, Brents is another one uh, to replace. So those guys are really good, and we need we need to just kind of pick it up where we left off and go. And that's where the portal is really going to help. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Uh, we got about 12 minutes left uh, in the night. This will be our last live show uh, before Christmas. We will have a live show next Wednesday to talk K-State versus Alabama. But you know what? Uh, there's there's a little basketball program in Manhattan, Kansas, that is going to the holiday break at 11 and 1. While it got a little dicey a little bit at times versus Radford, we saw Naquan Tomlin take over and just dunk on some bitches. Keontae Johnson, you think, man, he didn't really have that good of a game. You look down, he has 17 points. Uh, this team is 11-1. and one. They're currently a 10 seed in Joe Lenardi's bracketology. So I just kind of want to get like one last temperature check before uh, we'll talk about K-State basketball next. It'll be a new year. We will have, I think, one or two Big 12 basketball games before the next time we talk about the men's basketball team. Um, so we'll just go to Chef. Chef, just thoughts, 11-1. and one. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this team, and uh, how excited are you for Big 12? Man, I'm, I'll be honest. The, the non-con, I'm a little surprised that we dropped that one to Butler. Me and you were there. I did get to it meet was your the, dad, so, I mean, it's not all lost. No, it wasn't all lost. He he didn't hate on them as much as I thought they were. He was going to. He's high and mighty Ohio State fan, which is weird. But you know, they dropped that one to Butler. Looking back, uh, that was probably our worst shooting performance of the entire season. So there's no reason to think that we couldn't have competed a little bit better in that game and maybe even pulled it out. Um, I think we still have a big one with Florida that could give us fits uh, down the road for non-con. But looking at the conference schedule, I don't want to take up everybody's uh, talking points, but I think the as much as we say that the Big 12 is the best basketball conference in America, which still could be true, it is a down year compared to last year's. I'm, in my opinion, I think Kansas might even still be a little bit better, but everybody else kind of – is taking a step back and you know if if there's a time to strike um and get these teams while Chris Beard is choking people and and we're doing uh, and and teams like Baylor and all them and Texas Tech can't get their roster together with their NIL 
So if, if there was a time to strike, I think this would be it. And who's to say we can't, you know, we said sixth place was kind of a nice spot to be at, but you know, fifth, fourth, I'm not, I'm not taking it off the table, but I, I think we have a chance to do something incredible this season if we can stay healthy and we get more buy-in because I don't even think we saw Tyke green today, which was kind of weird, but I don't know if that's who I know it was probably ish that Tang was referring to as not as much buy-in, but I think we need Tyke green. I don't think we can afford to roll seven deep through big 12. So let's just get it together and let's shock the world. I love it. We'll go to Joel next. Yeah, I mean, uh, I had us at a bubble team before the season started. I think I'm officially going to upgrade us to a solid, like, we'll be in team. Um, Still probably going to stress about it. There's a lot of times I catch myself, like, getting mad at some of the stuff we're doing. And I got to remind myself, like, these guys have played together for, what, four months, five months? Like, nothing. So we're just going to get better. Um, Ish is officially a liability. I hate to say it, but I'm glad he came back. But, yeah, uh, heat check is – we're getting pretty hot. I love it. We'll go to Mike Smith. Mike Smith was uh, probably yelling in Nebraska fans' faces on Saturday. I don't know if he actually was, but that's how I like to picture him. So, Mike, thoughts on uh, the first 12 games of the drum tang game? Yeah, I think I tweeted, like, I was sitting next to you. He he probably is like a 15-year-old kid, but this kid was a Nebraska fan, and he was stomping, screaming, and yelling. It was it was actually pretty comical. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm kind of in a weird conundrum with this team. I, I'm kind of going into it as just, just enjoy anything right now because I think they're obviously overachieving at a, at a really high rate and, and they're an exciting team. Um, you know, Tomlin, he, he's so raw. Um, but I think the biggest thing that's, that's going to hurt us, you know, come big 12 is, you know, the turnovers, we need to clean that up. And, you know, kind of like what Joel said, it is, you know, these are guys that have only played for four months. So I think that's going to get better throughout the season, but I think, you know, the depth is, is such a huge issue and that's obviously to know, no fault of, of Tang. I mean, he had to replace the entire team, but I think depth is just going to be a big issue once we start kind of getting to that meat grind of, of the Big 12 uh, conference. But, you know, like you said uh, earlier, you know, 18 we're in. Like, I'll enjoy any postseason. I don't care if we're, you know, a, a freaking 12 seed or whatever it is. You know, just get to the dance, get that, you know, that momentum built for the team um in, in the buy-in but uh yeah i just think uh we might you know start slipping a little bit once we get into big 12 just strictly due to the lack of time they played together and just the turnovers in depth yeah it is a meat grinder uh two games a week in the big 12 no matter what chef wants to tell you it's it's a tough conference uh we'll go to the ambassador next yeah uh, if, if this is a ride i'm here for it we're at the top of the conference unranked but um you know we'll we'll just have to see i really hope that we make the dance just because i i want us to be on cbs i don't know what coach born will do on cbs for the announcement but I, I, that's something i want to oh, see oh that would be amazing like we're on cbs's bubble watch we get in and then coach born just takes his shirt off <laughs> yes yes exactly um but um that's that's really like um the video today of santa born was just phenomenal and uh everything ever, the energy's perfect right now and i don't want to change anything 
I love it. We'll go to we'll go Ema Elvis next. Ema Elvis, thoughts on uh, this non-conference slate and uh, how are you feeling going into Big Twelve play starting on New Year's Eve versus West Virginia? I, I really would have been dreaming, I think, if I would have thought we'd go through unscathed in the non-con. But uh, to be eleven and one is pretty decent, and coach wants them to get one percent better every day, and I think they are. Uh, they have lapses. And that's going to improve too. Uh, they've got to get to a point where they they get a, a big lead and then they need to step on their neck and and just keep going and quit letting teams back in because that's going to hurt them in the Big 12. Um, Naquan, his game today was perfect timing for going into the Big 12. Uh, give him that confidence. The guy is all arms and legs and but he he can run up the floor with the ball like a point guard. Uh, and he loves to dunk. I just want to see him dunk on everybody and set set the new record if, you know, that's going to happen early in the season, I think, for him. Yeah, I think it happens uh, in February. Uh, we'll go to Aaron next. Aaron, uh, we're 12 games in. Um, we got – Two Big 12 games, uh, early, well, one to end December and then one early in January uh, before we'll get to talk about it again. What are your expectations? What are your hopes for those first two games? And just what what's the vibe? Yeah, sure. Just a, a point of clarification uh, to Chef's comment earlier. A down year for the Big 12, uh, we have three teams in the top 10 of the net rankings, everyone inside of the top 75. Um, so, again, for the, the Big 10 faithful there, and other conferences. I just wanted to clarify that point from the uh, from the good chef. Well, the sh- good what chef doesn't know what he's talking about. We just love him because <laughs> he, he he's hot takes. He's all about the hot takes, and that's why we love chef. That's why we love him. Even <laughs> though he did destroy hey, uh, the Big ahead. Twelve like two years ago, and then it actually did get destroyed. Well, but, you know, I almost if, if if it all would have worked out the way I wanted to, we would have had Kentucky in here. So that's true. That is true. <laughs> I did ask yeah, for no. Louisville though, so that would have been bad. Yeah, they. Oh my God, we we might need to do a whole you know off-topic men's basketball uh, pod just to make fun of Louisville. But we'll we'll say that for another time. Aaron, uh, go ahead. No, you're good. Had, all good, Chef. Just had to get the uh, get the data out there for the uh, for the people for the boneheads looking into the Big Twelve. I think the uh, the New Year's Eve game against West Virginia is pivotal. Uh, it's a home game, uh, which is big in this conference. We all know, you know, going on the road is difficult. And then obviously going on the road uh, down in Austin, um, again, the the Chris Beard situation aside, that's still going to be a, a very talented team. I think reasonable expectations are are one and one. Um, ideally, I think we come out, uh, we take care of business against West Virginia. And then again, it's it's all upside on the road at Texas. I think if Naquan Tomlin can play like that. We know Keontae is going to be steady Eddie. Um, it's really those big three, right? It's it's Tomlin, Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel. If all three of them are firing on all cylinders, I, I think we're in a good spot. Again, we don't have a lot of room for error. You know, if one of those three are off, I, I could see us uh, slipping up there. So I think one and one's a, a reasonable expectation for those first two games. Yeah, especially if you grab – that game versus West Virginia, you really are playing with house money down in Austin. Uh, just hopefully Chris Beard is, you know, in an insane asylum and or a federal penitentiary. Allegedly, uh, well, allegedly, allegedly, Scott. 
Well, time out. I didn't say what he allegedly did. I'm just saying that he is a madman and should be thrown in jail. I'm not saying why. I'm just saying he should be in jail. All right, we'll we'll, we'll go to Zach next. Zach, uh, thoughts on Chris Beard and should he be in jail? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Eleven and one, uh, Big Twelve play starting. Um, it, it's going to be a absolute slugfest week in week out. Uh, but what are your thoughts as we have made it to the holiday break for the men's basketball? Yeah, no, he should be in a supermax for teaching flopping. So um, that's that's my opinion on that. We'll leave it at that. Um, so with the basketball team, I'm, I'm going to politely disagree with Mike about depth. I mean, it is an issue right now. I mean, we can't deny that. I do think, though, that Tyke Green and Ish are playing way 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 below what they can be and so i guess I, w- I would say if they find that we'll be fine in depth but i guess he is correct right now but it's not great um and then i'm going to vehemently personally disagree with andre napier the good chef um the big 12 is still very good and in fact it might be better than a lot of years because the worst team in the big 12 is probably a tournament team um oklahoma state i would say probably is the weakest link right now correct me if i'm wrong and they're probably going to pull off some big upsets and win like six Big 12 games, or they could. Um, it is head-to-toe still very, very strong. It's kind of like the Big 12 football. There's not a bad team in it. So it, it is going to be, as you said, a meat grinder this year. Um, I am not too bullish on us going on the road. Um, I guess we nearly blew a game to one of the worst teams in modern history, Cal. And then we got we got blown out by Butler. I mean, we don't have to sugarcoat it. We got blown out. So I'm really worried about going on the road this year. But I think overall we'll be comfortably into the tournament, uh, maybe like 9, 10 seed. Uh, if I had to compare it to like a year, maybe like my freshman year at K-State, 2016, 17, had a really good non-con. I think we went 11 and 1 then too, and maybe went 8 or 9 Big 12 games. I'll take it. I'll take it. Jeff, uh, final one for you, and then uh, we'll we'll end with some uh, holiday cheer. We'll go over an hour a little bit since it's the last live show. Well, actually, I guess we'll have one next week uh, to talk bowl game. But uh, just any thoughts on uh, you know the non-con and what are you hoping to see in Big Twelve play? Yeah, I don't know how you could not be uh, really ecstatic with the way the non-con is gone if. Someone said we only lose one game in the non-com and get a Cayman Islands championship out of it. I've taken it. So very excited. Um, probably would have said we wouldn't make the dance at the beginning of the year. And now I'm thinking, yeah, we, we have a real shot. Um, but the conference season is going to be rough. I think, I think all our home games are going to be nail biters and, and maybe a couple road games too, but there will be other Butler games, unfortunately. So we'll just have to take those as they come. But right now I'm totally happy and I'm super stoked and excited for the rest of the season. Yeah, I hear you. I I think that there will be Butler games. There will be games uh, where where it's very ugly, but I I, I think folks just need to remember the conference we're playing in is going to be a meat grinder. It's going to be a slug fest. And Hey, this is a team that's still going to be learning how to play with each other all the way through March. Um, we're going to end this because uh, this will be the last live show until Christmas. 
So in typical Bosco's Boys fashion, I want to know your drink of choice, uh, alcohol or otherwise, on uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, whatever you'd like. Uh, and then uh, just give a Christmas wish. You know, I'm, I'm usually a whiskey guy. I was doing old fashions last year. I'm going to cr- try to create my own Christmas cocktail that I'm going to create at Christmas Eve this year. Uh, so, Joel, we'll start with you. Joel, what's your uh, Christmas drink of choice and Christmas wish for the Boneheads? Yeah, so this is a, a new drink for me um, that my wonderful, beautiful girlfriend brought into my life. Um, it is an apple cider mimosa. Absolutely delicious. Super recommend it for everybody. Um, my Christmas wish for the Boneheads is just um, – uh shoot we already won the big 12 i guess and i think we're gonna cook alabama so i guess just everybody be safe enjoy spending time with family and uh love that's a good one we'll go to mike smith mike what do you got for me christmas drink uh might be controversial but uh eggnog and bourbon love love me some eggnog and i know not everybody's a big fan um, yeah, same thing. You know, I mean, it's, there's not a lot to wish for being a K-State fan. Life is, you know, life is good, you know, and, and we're just chilling. So I just hope, uh, everybody has a safe and warm, uh, Christmas. I love it. We'll go to Ethan, Ethan. Uh, I'm not actually sure if you're 21 or not. So, I mean, don't incriminate yourself, uh, but just, you know, Christmas drink of choice, uh, alcoholic or otherwise, and just a Christmas wish all the boneheads out there all right well uh i turned 21 in the new year so we're really close actually but um yeah my my go-to drink is a is a as a classic um classic hot chocolate preferably of the style of, of the polar express but um my christmas wish is a 30 point dub um 30 piece for keontae johnson against florida that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, we'll go to Ema Elvis next. I, too, like eggnog, and I like bourbon, and the two go pretty well together, so that's my drink of choice. Um, I'm also uh, looking for other ways of uh, making bourbon cocktails for Christmas, so that's on my list. Send me something if you got a good one. Um for the next couple of days, my wife and I were out loading loading the sleigh, and that's why I was late to the show tonight. But if you have to go out in the next couple of days, be safe and be careful and stay warm. Love and peace to everybody. A hunk, a hunk of purple love. I love it. Aaron, what about you, my friend? Yeah, drink of choice has got to be a Manhattan, uh, just a classic Manhattan with a good bourbon. Um, that's my uh, my go-to and then for a uh, Christmas wish, again, looking ahead to the bowl game, definitely wish for a uh, King Felix sack and a patented celebration all over Bryce Young. That would be one for uh, the Instagram feed. Uh, we'll go Zach. Yeah, so I'm from a family that didn't really drink much at Christmas. It's actually, you know, no eggnog or anything like that. The most we most alcohol we'd have is the blood of Christ, the Christ the King Catholic Church. That's one for you, Scott. No, nothing wrong with that. I know exactly where that is. Yeah. It's actually, I think, so, the closest Catholic church to the uh, house I grew up. But I am a, a proud Episcopalian. Shout out to St. David's Episcopal in Topeka, Kansas. Okay. Um, yeah, we didn't really drink. So 
I mean, I would probably just say hot chocolate. Um, and if I'm not having hot chocolate, I might have something like a blue moon. Um, something like that. Pretty simple. Keep it simple. Um, and as for a wish, I'm going to kind of piggyback off um, Ethan um, a little bit here. And I'm going to say, let's get Keontae Johnson have a 30-piece against KU. Because I want nothing more than to beat Brady Dick. Because he just seems like a douche. Yeah, who doesn't want to beat uh, Dick? Uh, we'll go to Jeff, final one, and then uh, we'll call it a night. Uh, favorite Christmas beverage and any Christmas wish to all the boneheads. Oh, favorite Christmas beverage would probably be some bourbon. I enjoy that. And Christmas wish for all the boneheads is uh, stay healthy. A lot of crap going around right now. And stay safe. And many men's and women's cat basketball victories this week. Yeah, I actually think, and in, 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 you know what, if anyone is listening to this on Friday, uh, tweet, fact check me, because uh, this may or may not be wrong. But I think, I think uh, uh, in this, you know, sports year, K-State has the most combined men's, women's, and football wins in the nation. I believe that is accurate. Someone might need to fact check me, but I believe that is accurate. So, um, yeah, that's all we have today. We will have, we will, we will make it to the end of uh, this week. We will have a show with Drew Galloway of K State Online to talk National Signing Day. It will be in your feed on Friday. Uh, but you know, if you're already traveling, if you're already doing uh, Christmas stuff, and this is the last episode you listen to. This week um, and before Christmas, I hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas. I believe as we are recording this, this is the third day of Hanukkah. If you're listening on release day, fourth day of Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah to everyone as well. Happy Kwanzaa, happy holidays. If you don't celebrate any of them, I just hope you are having a good start to winter with your loved ones. As I've said a handful of times, if you have the means, please consider giving to a charitable, charitable cause near and dear to your heart during this time of giving and please be safe enjoy your holidays we love you guys for chauncey bosco and all the boneheads stay safe happy holidays and go cat
Social Podcast Network.